Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. We've got someone who's going to talk to us about the Grammys because he is the executive producer for the Grammys. His name is Ben Winston, and he is here with us this morning. Good morning, Ben. How are you? Good morning, Tony. How are you? I am doing just great. So you are the executive producer of the Grammys, which is awesome. That is airing, of course, on CBS on February 4th. Now, let me ask you a question in terms of producing with Grammy viewership down over the past couple of years and now people finding moments on social media, do you have to produce for the TV audience or for the social media audience? Do you know what? That's a good question. I, well, listen, firstly, we were up 31% last year, so don't, don't kill us off. Gee, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's my first question. It's already, I'm like, oh man, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, we were up last year because I think, uh, listen, I've been doing this show, this will be my fourth year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the truth is, I, I with all the shows you make, if you only make shows for broadcast television just for the network, then you're kind of living in the past. So what we always try and do with any of our shows, just try and make them as entertaining and as brilliant as possible. And people will watch them wherever they want to watch them, whether that's on Paramount Plus, whether that's CBS, whether it's TikTok, Instagram or Twitter, people will find it. Um, it's not my job to work out how the network monetizes that. I've just got to make sure it's the most exciting show so that we get the global reach and the global audience that I know these artists on the Grammys always do. And of course, you're right. The Grammys has uh, a global audience. But do you think about when you're doing these big production numbers, whether or not people are watching them on, let's say, a 65-inch TV screen or a tablet or a phone, or does it really matter in terms of what your decision-making is? Yeah, I definitely think, not in the way we shoot them. We definitely shoot them in the style for television. But I think that translates now to social media in a really great way. And I absolutely do think about the fact that I'm not just making a show for the CBS audience, although that's crucially important, but that is just one part of the audience that I am making the show for. Now, Ben, how do you create, and of course you have all these wonderful artists to do this with, uh, Billie Eilish, Billy Joel, Burner Boy, Dua Lipa, Luke Combs, Olivia Rodrigo, Travis Scott, and you too are all performing on this year's show. How do you create a moment? Do you collaborate with the artist? Do you come up with an idea and say, hey, you know, if we hang someone from the ceiling in a bikini and throw in a horse and a lion, then we've got the moment that we're looking for. It's a really good question. Well, firstly, that's, that's literally, that's probably a third of the performance that we've got lined up for you on the Grammys <laughs> this Sunday. So so we, we haven't announced everybody yet. So we're talking about 25, 26 performers and that is really something. So you've also got to remember that you're working with that many people for a three and a half hour show. So you, so not every single artist I can get in the weeds on. Some of them, Billy Joel's a good example. He hasn't written a song in 20 odd years. Uh, his team approached us a few months ago and said, look, Billy's got this song. They played it to us. It was incredible. We said we'd be so honored to have him play it for the first time ever on the Grammys. That is an incredible moment. Simultaneously, you know, this will be the first year that the Grammys have given out an award for African music. And mm. to celebrate that, we thought, well, Burner Boy with 21 Savage and some amazing uh, performances and dancers and musicians could be an amazing way to celebrate that. So often we are curating it to a certain extent um, with those performers and we're directing performers to, to where we'd love them to go. But you know what I've learned over the years? When you're dealing with these sorts of artists, the artists, the caliber of artists that are on this show, whether it be Scissor or Dua Lipa or, or, or 
you know, whoever else, uh, Billy Eilish, Olivia Rodrigo, they're brilliant artists because they know what to do. So I think a lot of the time it's just, it, it's essentially um, creating the idea that they have, facilitating their vision rather than enforcing ours because they will always know better than me what makes them great because they've got to that Grammy stage. They've, they've reached the pinnacle. And so some of my job is just getting out of the way and facilitating those brilliant performances that they deliver. Now, when it comes to viral moments, uh, sometimes viral moments happen during the performance and sometimes they happen during the speech. Do you know, as executive producer, I mean, they're limited to only a certain amount of minutes, but some go long, some might be shorter. How do you navigate that? And how do you know when it's time to sort of play that music up and try to get them off or whether you're going to give them a little bit more time to say what they have to say? Yeah, that's a really good question. Well, here's the big difference between our show and then the Emmys and the Oscars. The Emmys and the Oscars probably have between 25 and 32 awards in the show. So the length of the speech is the thing that defines whether they're running on time or not. Whereas what they don't have is what we have, which is 15 live music performances. So we only actually have about 10 award speeches. So it's much less of an issue. It's about a third of the amount that the others do. It's still, still a lot. It's still 10 awards, but it's it's not nearly as many. So I think it depends. We tell all the artists that they are allowed to speak for a minute. And then after about one minute 15, I will say to the director, Hamish, in the truck, I'll say, start playing a bit of music now because they need to know that their time is up. And actually, you know what's funny? Sometimes when you hear that beautiful orchestral music behind them, their words suddenly take on a whole new emotional <laughs> meaning. Uh, right. right. the music. Right? If somebody is, if I'm saying I want to thank my mom, I want to thank my dad, I want to thank my writers, it doesn't sound great. Play some beautiful strings behind me and suddenly you want to cry. So sometimes playing the music actually helps the moment as well and makes it feel like, you know, this is a really exciting thing to be part of. Now, is there any directive, either spoken or unspoken, of someone who you will not cut off? <laughs> um, I don't think I would ever say that on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> I, had to, I, I had to try, I, Ben. I had, I had to try. I, yeah, no, I, I, you know what? I, I think it's about, look, it depends what time you're running. So, so I will always have a clock in front of me. The show's three and a half hours. Sometimes you can be two minutes under and then you can be a bit more relaxed. And sometimes you can be seven minutes heavy and you're like, we cannot allow this to go. If I've got a minute in my schedule for the speech and then suddenly they get to a minute and I'm already seven over, as soon as they go over, I'm now eight over. And then I'm in really in trouble from the, the executives at CBS who are sitting behind me going, hey, you've got to get to your affiliate programming. And so, so it's sort of a juggling act on that night of, of what's happening, where your times are. But I, I try and let people say, I try not to interrupt. We try and be respectful. We try and let them say what they want to say. Um, and when they just start listing names, then maybe that's the time to, to start playing that music. Right, for sure. Now, what about working with Trevor Noah? He's obviously been uh, been there. This is not his first time at the rodeo, so it must be good to work with him because he has some experience. But how do you guys balance what he's saying and balance the time and balance the performances and all that kind of stuff? That's got to yeah. be a challenge. Trevor's a joy to work with. Truthfully, he is such a joy. He really is. And uh, he has to put up with me speaking in his ear for three and a half hours. So that's, <laughs> you really need to have patience. For that, um, I think Trevor, Trevor will, you know, he always does sort of a great opening after the first performance. 
where he'll make some jokes and he'll walk around the room and he'll show what a star-studded room it is because I tell you what, it is a room like no other, that room, it really is. When you walk around and you see all those people sat at those tables, it's really phenomenal. But he gets in amongst it, he's not afraid to do that. Um, and then it's more about keeping the show ticking along. He sort of does quick, short intros. He doesn't really do long bits. But I think I use Trevor a lot. I mean, he'll probably be in all of the acts of the show, all 13 acts of the show, which is quite rare for us. So I think I have him more often, but he does shorter bits. Um, but he's so crucial because, you know, firstly, he's hilariously funny. Second of all, he's unbelievably intelligent. Thirdly, he's brilliant at live. But fourthly, and maybe most importantly, he's a massive music fan. And mm. so I feel like he represents the audience watching at home. He's as excited to see what Billie Eilish is going to do or Burner Boy is going to do or Travis Scott or Joni Mitchell who's performing for the first time ever on the Grammys. Can you believe it? She's going to sing both sides now. And he gets as excited as the people at home watching. And I think that enthusiasm really rubs off on the viewer in the best way. Ben, what is the best part of the show for you? Is it the five minutes before you go live or the five minutes after the show is over? Neither. I have to tell you, the five minutes... The five minutes before you go live, you feel like you're about to vomit and you don't know what's going to happen because it's live TV. So I always say it's like running off a cliff and you have no idea if the parachute's going to open. And after the show, I'm really, my mind's racing and I'm overthinking what went well, what didn't go well. So the truth is, my, my favorite bit is probably, it's probably about two weeks before when I sit with my team, Raj and Jesse Collins and all the team, and we look at all the performers we have and we do the order of the show, and we place it, and it's like a jigsaw, because it's such a finely tuned running order, and, and actually that creative moment of going, we've got these people, where do they play, how do we get their set off, how do we get this set on, you know, let's get people up dancing here, let's get people crying here, that's where a real beautiful creation can happen, and I, and I love that moment, really, because I know who we've got on the show, and then it's about making them land to our audience as best as we can. Um, Last year, it was probably Act 3 when Stevie Wonder started playing, and he was supposed to only play for four minutes, and he played for about nine. But it was such fun. We were all up dancing in the truck and out the sides, and, and it felt like this is the coolest job in the world. And, and it was at those sorts of moments that I'm like, wow, this is, this is pretty amazing. Well, Ben Winston, executive producer of the Grammys, thank you so much for taking the time out of your very busy schedule to join us on Reality Check. The Grammys airs on CBS Sunday, February 4th, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern. Ben, we appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com. 